Hello, everyone. Welcome to Product Magic. I'm Sabina Reese, and I'm a content writer and marketer specializing in product management. Today, I'm sitting down with the brilliant mind behind this podcast, Ronki, an accomplished product manager and passionate advocate for diversity and inclusion within the industry. In this episode of Project Magic, we're going to be speaking about the 13 cross-functional teams product managers should get to know. So before we kick off this podcast... How are you today, Ronki? It's finally podcast day. This has been a long time coming. <sighs> Here we are. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, I know. Finally podcast day. By the way, I have missed you, my friend. So we haven't done this in a minute. So I'm, I'm, kinda, I'm super excited we're going to do this again. Yeah. Uh, so to the, to the audience, as you're listening to this, it's my friend Sabina. And I haven't like talked to her in a minute. So we're both yeah. being super busy. So... Uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about 13 cross-functional teams. Yeah, I got some, I got some good questions for you. So I'm excited. Okay. So ready to get into it? You're good? Yes. Yes. Let's Perfect. do it. Okay. So my first question, you know, in your blog, you've emphasized that the technical support team is one of the first teams that you seek out when joining a new company. So what advice would you give on establishing uh, a productive relationship with the team? Oh, that's a great question. And yes, no matter, I mean, I've been a product manager for 15 plus years. Mm -hmm. Um, No matter what organization I go to, I always make sure I go to meet, in some organizations, they're technical support, in some organizations, they're customer support. Whoever's taking the calls from clients, from my (laughs) software, I'm going to go talk to. I'm going to go do a couple of things. First, I'm going to go meet the leads, right? If there's one Mm -hmm. lead or two leads, I'm going to go meet them. I always tell aspiring product managers and new product managers, you need to go buy that person coffee. That's yeah, the one that makes sense that, for sure. You know, before you leave work on your first day, you should go meet that person that leads tech support. And here's the reason why tech support are the eyes and ears of the whole entire organization. Mm-hmm. They are the ones taking calls. They know all the problems that your customers are having when they onboard. They know the workarounds that they give them. They know totally. the workarounds that they give them after they're onboarded. Why it's important to go talk to them? They also have a personal relationship with your clients, with your customers. Oh yeah, absolutely. So if you go to talk to them, number one, I always recommend this: shadow calls, shadow shadow calls. So like, um, make sure in your first week, second week, third week, whatever, fourth week. Just make sure that you shadow calls with tech support. Make sure you sit on a call and listen to the kind of calls that they're getting from your customers. Yeah, kind of step that into would, their shoes a little bit. Exactly, because then it sort of helps you with the empathy piece, right? Mm-hmm. Um, shadow calls, then you say to your tech support lead, hey, can you give me the top 10 problems Yeah, that customers have and also totally. help me prioritize it in order of how I what's more important, you know, what is the most important ones I should fix first? First, usually tech support will give you the ones that are causing them the most calls. Yeah, that that makes sense, for sure. Exactly, the most pain. And then if you do create a design or an experience to fix those problems, the first person that should see it is tech support lead Mm -hmm. or the tech support team. You should get their intake, their input, because they leave and breathe that problem every day. Totally. Right. Yeah. They're the front lines. Exactly. Um, and what that does is it shows them that you care. Number one is it shows them <laughs> that you, the product manager cares about them and about customers. 
And it shows that you want to know what they think. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Number two, I also then take those problems that they've given me, they've prioritized for me, and then I take it back and communicate it to the engineering team, to the scrum team. Yeah, right. And the reason I do that, once again, is because I want the engineering team to have empathy for the customer and also for tech support. Totally. Right. Okay. Uh, so that they can kind of understand the order. And I also communicate it also to the design, to my design partner, by the way. I also do that as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, because again, empathy, right? And because they're going to design the solution for it. When I go to talk to tech support about that experience that we're going to fix, I always bring with me my design partner so that yeah. they can be a part of that conversation. And I'm not going, oh, by the way, John Doe, this is what tech support <laughs> said. They are in that conversation. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Again, you see how that cross-collaboration happens. But the one more important thing I want to mention about tech support is in most organizations, um, one of the first things I always look for is, any organization I join actually, is how are you validating your roadmap? Mm -hmm. And if they don't have an advisory board, I'm going to create one, an advisory board of customers. So guess who's going to help me and introduce me to clients that I should invite to the advisory board? Tech I wonder. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because they have that personal relationship. Mm-hmm. They will be the one to send an email to a client of theirs and go, hey, Jane, hi, I want you to meet Ronky, <laughs> our product manager. Uh, Ronky just started and she wants to form an advisory board and we thought you'd be great for it. Yeah. And that gets me in, right? If I want to go visit a client and I haven't visited that client before, tech support is going to be the, the one, that introduction for me, right? Yeah, it'll get you in the door for sure. Exactly. Um, one of my favorite stories I like to tell is that a long, long time ago, I worked for an organization where I would invite clients, customers to come to our office because we had this awesome view in Chicago. <laughs> and I would invite them to come to our office to have lunch with us and meet our engineers and our designers and our, you know, my product marketing manager. And when they come, the first person they always say hi to is their tech support person. Of course. They're acquainted already. Something? Yeah. Yeah. Because they have that personal relationship with them. Totally. It doesn't matter that I met them at the door. It doesn't matter <laughs> that I walked the elevator with them. They're going to say to me, is Jared in today? <laughs> go, yeah, Jared is in today. And that's the first person they're going to go say hi to. Yeah. And I always just thought that relationship with tech support and customers is just so critical. So anyway. Oh, it is. For sure. Um, that's why they are, to me, they are, the, if not one of the most important part of your org. Yeah, tech so, product managers are important. We're the epicenter. But man, mm-hmm. the people that help us to be successful is tech support. So Yeah, absolutely. And you can't do it without them, honestly. Yes. And by the way, this is another reason why, like, I have so much empathy for tech support. <laughs> the other thing is when we product manage, I mean, like when engineering and product, when we release a new feature or something like that, and God forbid something goes wrong and it's like mm-hmm. a P0 or P1, tech support is getting yelled at. Oh God, are they ever? As a former tech support, I completely get it. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Um, they're getting yelled at, right? So you're not getting yelled at as a product manager. The engineering yeah. team is not getting yelled at, right? <laughs> They're not the one going, what do you mean it doesn't work? Why am I getting this error messages? They're not. So it's the tech support that's getting this, right? And taking this home with them. So I have a lot of empathy for that team. And 
that's why for me personally, I always go out of my way to spoil them. I always go out of my way to bring donuts in. I bring bagels in. I, I always want to treat them to something to just say, listen, I get it. I wouldn't yeah. be successful without you. Please, you know, continue to work with me. But I am super, super grateful to you because yeah. man, the things you do um, oh, gosh, yeah. enable me to be successful at the end of the day. So anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Out of all the teams, I think they deserve cupcakes the most. So Exactly. And by the way, I'm glad you worked in tech support too. That's how I oh, started yeah. my career. I worked in tech support as well. Yeah, me too, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> in the trenches together, you know. Exactly. Exactly. I've taken those phone calls. Yeah. I think it doesn't work. What do you mean? It's an error message. Turn it on and off again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So to pivot to another team that you mentioned, the customer success or the relationship manager team, they come next on your list. Could you elaborate on how shadowing them on customer calls and visits helps put yourself in the customer's shoes? Oh, absolutely. So, um, so in some organizations that call customers uh, customer success, some they call it client success. Yeah, Sorry, they're always they call it client success exactly. And in some organizations, they're relationship managers. They're the ones who are res- so they are also another really important part of the organization, right? Because they keep your existing clients happy, right? They mm-hmm. are the ones who also have another another level of personal relationship with your client, with your customers. But their job is to make sure that the customers are happy and they renew the contract and keep that revenue, right? One of the most, so important revenue, if you kind of think about revenue by teams, sales mm-hmm. is going out for new business, right? Yeah. Your relationship manager and client success man, uh, managers are not only maintaining, right, the, uh, maintaining the business, making mm-hmm. sure that people are happy, they're paying their bills, but they're also trying to cross sell to them, yeah, to try to get them to buy more of your products. So they have a different level of relationship. Um, so I mentioned earlier, right, tech support, you want to shadow, you want to listen to calls, yeah, relationship managers, you want to go visit clients with them, absolutely. Right. They are always going to go visit clients. So you just sort of want to tap along and go visit that client with them. Mm-hmm. My favorite, I always tell product managers, you should always be uncomfortable. You always, always want to be uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable as product manager means you're growing. Interesting. It means yeah. You are exactly. It means you're open to growing. And my favorite customers to visit are the ones that are so, so upset with you <laughs> because when you show up at your, at the door, what are they going to do? Yell at you? No, they're not going to do that. Right. Because don't forget, it's still a professional setting. I hope not. Exactly. (laughs) No, but I haven't had that. Even the most, even the client that is the most upset, that is Mm -hmm. threatening to leave. I still show up at the door and they don't kick me out. No, they're still cordial. Yeah. They're still cordial. But most importantly, you disarm them because they're like, wait, you're here. You actually want to know what I think. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Um, One of my, in my career, one of my favorite clients that was so pissed off and I showed up at their door to visit them. I lived in Chicago. My office was in Chicago. They were in Connecticut and I went to New York and took the train from Grand Central Station into Connecticut to go visit them. Yeah. And showed up early in the morning and they were just like, hi. I'm like, hi. (laughs) (laughs) And I went with their, with their relationship manager. I'm like, I have some good news. We're fixing that problem. (laughs) (laughs) What a lovely surprise um, for them. (laughs) Exactly. Right. And, you know, um, but anyway, I, 
that relationship is so important also because then what happens for me anyway, that in my experience is that once you start to shadow your relationship manager, client success manager, and go visit clients with them, what you start to understand is where is that client's business growing? Too. Mm-hmm. Like, are they going to be merging with another company in another year or so? What kind of needs do you, do they have or right. will have? Right, because then that kind of helps you and gives you insight into okay, here's how their business is changing, but also if their market conditions you need to be aware about. Yeah. You'll know it as well for sure. But what that exactly, but what that does there too is now you're developing a relationship with that client, and a lot of those then. But I mean, years later or months later, you can actually go visit that client by yourself without a relationship manager holding your hand, right? Exactly. Exactly. But that relationship is super important because you want to know, number one, is that client happy? Are they going to renew with you? Because don't forget, that team is responsible for keeping the revenue and Mm cross-selling, but also... How is the business growing? What market conditions are they facing? And are they, you know, are they going to be facing? And also, how can you help there? Because you don't want them to outgrow you. You want to grow with them, right? Absolutely. Exactly. So that's another really pivotal relationship as well. So. Oh yeah, definitely one of the more important ones for sure. Especially when you go visit them, like such a difference than just talking to them on the phone, like the tech support. Oh, and I also always tell my students this. Um, my aspiring product managers, and they always look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, bring donuts or bring cupcakes. Yeah. <laughs> because here's the reason why. When you go to visit that client, they have other people who work in their office, right? Mm-hmm. And there are also probably other people that you work with, right? For sure. You yeah. probably, I mean, like you will work with, you're probably going to meet with a power user, mm-hmm. but bring stuff, <laughs> bring dessert yeah. because gets your name remembered honestly it gets your name remembered it shows that you care and it should the most to me to kind of have it to make a relationship personal it starts with having a meal together yeah so even though it's not a meal meal (laughs) i mean it's still something it says (laughs) i want to eat with you i want to get to know you totally it goes a long way so and the rest of the office will go, oh, my God, remember that time that Ronky came to visit from blah, blah, blah organization and she brought us cookies? She should come again. <laughs> she should come back. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. Love this that. My, you notice the theme here is food, right? Yeah. I mean, it is okay. the way to everybody's hearts. So. Exactly. Food for I'm on board. board. Food for customers. Exactly. For everybody. <laughs> Okay, so you've talked a bit about product marketing managers, so much so that you've even called them your work besties. So how do you involve them in customer events and what role do they play in crafting your product story and your value proposition? So your PMM is your storyteller. Yeah. Product man. Okay, so... I, okay, so <laughs> how do I explain <laughs> it's a big one. this? Uh, I'm going to try to explain this. Okay, okay, okay. Go so most people always say that product managers are the CEO of their product. I don't believe that. I've never believed that. I think mm, product okay. managers are chief storytellers. That's our job. Our job is to tell stories and galvanize the whole entire organization and tell stories that will make our clients understand that they are the hero in their organization. That we are. Help- that they are the hero in their organization. So we're going to help them be that hero, right? Okay. That's with chief storytellers, right? Yeah. We tell stories. The person who helps you that tell, to tell that story in a compelling way where new 
people will buy your product and existing clients will cross-sell and buy other products from you is your PMM, your product marketing manager. Your product marketing manager, to me, is sort of your bestie. So for me, personally, I go out and I seek that person for a number Mm -hmm. of reasons. Number one, that person has competitive analysis that will tell me um, who else, my competitors, how do they stand in the market? What are the market conditions? Right. Um, what are other people saying about them? Are they good? Are they bad? What do they charge for their products? So that's where my product marketing manager comes in. But I also need to help my product marketing manager understand what I'm doing with my roadmap. Mm -hmm. And then I also need to help. I need to get them into the room. So any client facing meetings that I have, whether it's a focus group, advisory board, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what it is. I always invite my PMM to come with me. Gotcha. They are listening with a different set of ears. As a product man- manager, you're listening for the use cases. You're listening for the trying to understand the end-to-end journey. What is this person trying to do? Mm-hmm. And how are they trying to do it? What are the tools are they using? You're trying to figure out the jobs to be done. Like, whoa, what are they trying to accomplish, right? Your PMM is listening to how to tell that story. Gotcha. Once you okay. build that feature. How do I tell that story? Because don't forget, they are looking at it from an emotional perspective. Mm-hmm. How do I help you become the hero in your organization, especially in the B2B world? How do I help you to be that hero in your organization right. so that you're using our product to solve a problem and everybody in your job thinks you are great? This was really like I said in the B2B world. Mm-hmm. How do I tap into that need, into that need for you? Mm-hmm. How do I make your work life better? That's your PMM. In the consumer world, in the B2C world, your PMM is looking at how do I tap into you, into your emotion so that you can see how this product is going to delight you, how it's going to change you, help you manage your life, right? Right. That's sort of your PMM. I give an example, Apple. If you think about Apple commercials, they are always tapping into your emotion. Yeah, that's for sure. Right? Whether you're taking a picture, you're building a memory. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Whether it's FaceTime, there's an emotional component to that. Somebody's helping to tell that story, right? So that's why your PMM should always be in the room with you. They're always <laughs> in the room with me because I need their help to tell that story. I can tell the story from a different perspective, but they can help tell that story so that it taps into the emotion of my client and my mm-hmm. new prospective clients to show them, hey, this is what this product does. This is how it makes your life better, right? Yeah, and I need absolutely. their help to do that. And also, I know, just in general, this is just me. <laughs> I struggled with that, with that storytelling for the longest time. Did you? Was, yeah. I re- yeah. I relied on my PMM a lot to tell that story. Yeah. And how did you get better at storytelling? So I do not recommend this. I always say this. You don't have to have an MBA. You do not have to have an MBA to be a product manager. I wanted my MBA because I wanted to give myself the opportunity to sort of as a product manager, I wanted to give myself three op- op- uh, opportunities to either become a chief product officer or a chief marketing officer to be able to tell mm-hmm. them stories. Gotcha. Or if I decided eventually to be just a CEO, I sort of wanted to give myself that opportunity. But um, my MBA concentration was in marketing. So I finally got to uh, okay. in a yeah. point where I'm telling a better story on, mm-hmm. from a marketing point of view. But uh, it's still not my wheelhouse, right? Because I'm still a product manager. Sure. That's sort of yeah. my default, right? So. Gotcha. Okay. Perfect. 
All right. So you've also mentioned the significance of UX researcher relationships. Could you share uh, maybe like an example or a specific instance where insights from a UX researcher led to a product improvement or development? Oh, absolutely. Um, so depending on the organization, uh, if you're in a startup, you may not have the budget to have a researcher. Right. So as a product manager, you might be doing that yourself. Okay. If yeah. you work in large organizations, chances are you have a researcher that you can work with, a UX researcher. So mm-hmm. I've, I sort of have both worlds. <laughs> I've also worked in medium-sized organization where I didn't have a researcher either and I had to wear the hat. What I will say is this. For large organizations where I had a researcher, I love that relationship. That relationship sort of goes like this. So it's me and my design lead. Talk, you know, me providing what that problem is, my design lead going out and solutioning it, right? Like this is the solution. Then we bring our researcher in to help us create a learning plan of what we don't know. What do we need to learn, right? Do we need to learn jobs to be done? Mm -hmm. Do we need to learn, you know, whatever the case might be. What is it that we don't know? My research partner will then go out and either find customers for us to talk to, um, and, you know, and lead the questioning, which I love, mm-hmm. uh, we will kind of sit through and go through the questioning together. What is it that we're trying to learn? And then the res- then my UX researcher will sort of take the lead in those meetings. I'm usually on those calls and I'm listening. Gotcha. Okay. And usually people that we interview don't care that we're listening because we <laughs> tell them ahead of time that we're listening, but we're yeah. not saying anything. The researcher is the one sort of leading that whole entire conversation. Okay. Yeah. One of the best ones I've always been a part of, and this is why I think it's so important that not only do you should you have a really good researcher, but a researcher that understands the importance of having diverse voices in the room. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it's so important because if the more diverse people you have, the more, more well-rounded mm-hmm. the feedback that you're getting and you need that, right? Because you don't want to build for a subset no, exactly. Base. You don't want to limit yourself, of course. Exactly. And I and I always love researchers who go above and beyond to try to find as many diverse candidates as possible. So I think that's where that relationship comes in, because then from the feedback that you're getting from those research, then your researcher will create a readout mm-hmm. of this what we learned. The here's the hypotheses that we had. Okay. We, yep. Our hypotheses and our assumptions. And then we interview clients and then here is what we discovered, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I love the readout that the UX researcher will then create because then you can then turn around and go meet with your leadership mm-hmm. and communicate that feedback, that readout, that person, okay. that UX researcher will lead the readout and say, okay, this is what our assumptions are. This is what our hypotheses in, in-house. When we did, when we interviewed sales, when we interviewed this person, that person, this person, this is what we learned this is what we learned when we talk to customers. Here is the experience that we're going to build. Okay. And and now we're ready to go build it and go execute. Another really important relationship because they will get you, they will help you create a learning plan so that you can figure out what it is. You, you get answers to the things that you don't know. So, anyway. Awesome. Yeah, no, they're definitely super important for that. Um, honestly, Ronky, that's all I have today. And I am so excited that we actually finally got to do this. So thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. You know, I always enjoy these chats and I'm looking forward to the next one. So am I, my friend. Finally, right? So Finally. <laughs> finally. All anyway, right. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye.